Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Broadway icon John Cameron Mitchell channels the essence of his glam rock icon Hedwig and the Angry Inch for one night only at Art Centre Melbourne this July. So put on some makeup, turn up the A-track and pull the wig down from the shelf. John Cameron Mitchell, July 10 at Art Centre Melbourne. Book now. Joy sponsor. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper and on Aust- Oh wow, on Australia's first gay and lesbian radio station, Joy. Hey, power to you guys. Hey, this is Anthony Kalia. Support Joy 94.9 this radiothon. Sign up online at joy.org.au. Hello and welcome to Been There, Done That, Joy 94.9. It's the regular team with you at this time. It's Chris. Gordon. And Bill. I've got my butch voice on today. I don't know whether I've been yelling too much at football or at politicians or birds flying around the backyard. Hopefully my voice will come good during the show. You've lowered it. Mmm... We've still got Radiothon going, and we've got some special messages that we'll be peppering our show with today. I went to a special wedding last weekend. It was a long weekend, and okay, it was the Queen's birthday weekend, but what that wasn't quite the reason for, for having uh, a wedding. But what a good occasion. It was held on the Sunday, and the Monday we all recovered. Oh, right. Was it, was, was, this is one of our community got married, obviously. It was, in fact, yes. Mm. A, a joyster. An ex-joyster? Who was... An ex-joyster, yes, mm-hmm. from a few years ago. Yep. But he and his partner, John and Philippe, or Philippe and John, are an association of over 20 years. Yeah, they've been together a long, long time. They have. Mm. And our Friday newscaster, Bronte Price, who's a marriage celebrant, he performed the ceremony, and it was done out at Monsalvat. And I'd never been to Monsalvat before, the artist's colony in Eltham. What a marvellous location. Mm. Um, a little slice of history, a big slice of art history, mm. uh, a beautiful setting. And, yeah, the wedding was perfect. But it was much nicer as far as I was concerned because it celebrated our ability to get married. It was a wonderful day too. It was a beautiful day on Sunday. It was. It really was. So it would have been a very nice um, place to be. And all the guests were our side of the fence. Not not gay, but allies. They, They had seen Philippe and John have their 20 years and there was some stories that came back and it was really, everybody was on side and everybody was smiling. Even the kids of those straight marriages, they were happy to be there. You tend to invite people you like to your wedding. Oh, I think so. <laughs> you don't. don't. That yeah. guy across the road, I can't stand him, but I've got to invite him. There's, oh. a, there's a few people I wouldn't invite. <laughs> <laughs> You're quite right, Will. Yeah. And mm. did they all say Mosseltop at Mosselvat? 
Uh, well, uh, uh, no. It's Swedish. It's Swedish, Monsorvet. I know, but I just like the sound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck was wished, but there was no breaking of glass, no breaking of any uh, crockery, cutlery, or otherwise, mm. or hearts. Oh, that's that was good. a wonderful celebration. It's nice to go to these celebrations because I've only been to one so far. And it was, it was a lovely time too, you know. You just feel so happy for the two people that are finally being able to sort of say, yes, we're married, you know, which was really quite lovely. Also on the weekend, there was another Pride event, which was the Pride football match. Oh, that's right, yeah. Now there's yeah. a little bit of a controversy. Bit of controversy has mm-hmm. come out of that. Mm-hmm. What was this all about? Because I wasn't there. The toots. The toots, yes. The the toilets. They had unisex they had, restrooms. Yeah, but you could choose which toilet you went to. They had male, female, and uh, whichever you want to be, you know, sort of thing, you know. But I didn't know anything about this until I sort of read it in the paper, in one of the papers, the small paper, and they were going off butcher's hook. And I thought, what the hell's the matter with them? And then, because I didn't know about it until I'd seen it on a television program a bit later in on, on the Sunday yeah. morning. And I thought, what the devil's going on here? You're if, so if, used if, to it these days. If there is one toilet stall, then everybody's got to use it. Mm. So mm. It, it's automatically become a unisex toilet That's or right. a, a gender non-specific or all gender mm. toilet. But mm. what we witnessed was forced education. <gasps> oh, what? We, we took the binary masses... And showed them something new. And the world didn't change and the sky didn't fall. And nobody got murdered, as far as I know. Or bashed up. <laughs> oh, yeah. the, but apparently the, the paper sort of went really Well, social media mad, went crazy. You, know, the, you can't understand it. Sometimes things that come along like that, they have to um, just go with it and be done with it. It's not, it's not the end of the bloody but the, world. Their eyes were forced open, though. See, we've got a, a unisex restroom here, although mm. we don't call it that. No, all genders. All genders. All gender. mm. And I'm confused because I'm only one gender, so I'm not sure if I can go in or not. <laughs> <laughs> but so we're used to it. And I don't know whether the first time you saw that door, whether it was confronting on any level. But imagine somebody who is closeted in the straight world, mm. has never had to think about anybody on the out of the binary. Mm. And here they are. It's now in their face and it's a new reality. Unfortunately, the response is going to be negative. I think it'll have a long term, it'll be a positive thing. One of the things that's wrong with the existing signage is the binary are represented by stick figures, Hmm. when in fact the function of the room should be what is indicated on the sign. You're not going in there to meet people. No, and and women don't all wear dresses and men don't all wear suits. That's That's right. right. But our little icon that we've got on our door, if you notice when you go out after this program and have a look, it actually shows a toilet bowl. Yeah, it does. That's what it shows. Now, that's what's on the other side of the door, Mm. the toilet bowls. toilet bowl. Mm. Exactly. That's what you want. The gender is immediately taken away from that particular room. This is a toilet. If you want to use it, there it is. That's exactly what it should be, yes. And we have lots of visitors to our building here. Many of whom use the restroom and yes, nobody's right. upset, nobody, about nobody it. upset about it. <laughs> but, the, but the worst part about it, I think if this sort of came in, it would be a, a hell of a lot of 
uh, interest for people going to the theatre because I don't know whether you notice that when you go to the theatre, if women have to go to the theatre, there's a queue a mile bloody long outside the women's toilet. Yeah. So if they had an all-gender toilet, everybody's just going in and going out and well, using the thing. And if they make... had a stand-up room only for the gents who needed to stand yeah, up, yeah. but then... Anybody the that needs to go in can sit down. Into a cubicle? That's right. They've got a cubicle. That's right. Do you think women would be more accepting than men? Oh, I, I don't well, know. Less confronted? I, I think with education. But I think the woman's... Well, I don't want to use the word role, but the women have seen it all before. They've oh, yeah. been mothers. They know what's down gentlemen's trousers. Of course they do. Of course and they they've, do. They've, they've seen it up close and personal as yeah, well. But, but it, it just... It, it, Whereas it, boys it, are totally ignorant. It's like everything else, Chris. It is education. It is way the way you educate people to, yep. to do this. Well, a whole things. lot of people at the footy on Saturday night got an education. Didn't they ever? And it's good, good on them. <laughs> and it didn't hurt them at all. No, they come away from the game. Some, a, some was, satisfied, some dissatisfied. Well, some of their legs crossed. <laughs> well, some, it was a pity about the actual football mm, result, mm. but still, there you go. I Pride wasn't watching matches, that. And they circulate. Yes. And, and, and what else has been happening uh, locally around about this time? Um, Lots of things, really, but we'll get to talk about them a bit later. So what shall we be talking about later? We'll be talking about Australia's, hopefully, new space authority. Yes. Yeah, and uh, the role, maybe, of women in space. Mm -hmm. We can throw that in. Somebody's got to make the tea. Oh, yes, yeah, sure thing, <laughs> Philip. Thank you. Thank I you. I can hear scissors now. <laughs> we might be talking about flora and fauna in Australia, and the special little things that and tricks of that scientists are doing these days, uh, and uh, a few little protective type organisations. And we've we've got a couple of little critters that are on the endangered list as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we can talk about. It is Pride season in the Northern Hemisphere, and we've got a couple of people who we're very proud of. Uh, one male, one female. Can I make a suggestion about Melbourne Pride? What? It makes a heck of a lot more sense to do it in weather we had this past weekend than in a 45-degree windy day down the street in St Kilda. <laughs> yeah, but seriously. But, Philip, you can never guarantee that it's going to be a day like it was last weekend. Well, I'd rather have rain than melt. But, but <laughs> last week was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday Sunday, and Monday. Friday was all, rain. Oh, a little Friday bit. Friday rained and cloudy, yes. Oh, uh, yeah, but... I got caught in it. But it's been noise. It's been noise. It's been noise. noise. It's been noise, has yeah. it? Or noise. Quite unseasonable, yes, but they is. do reckon, as the scientists say, that uh, we're going to have a warmer than regular winter, therefore oh. drier than as well. Excuse me, Chris, are you saying that climate is changing? Uh, that, that it always changes. Oh, it's yeah, but, never you know, the you're, same. You're not, you're not with the um, politicians that are making sure that everything stays the same. Oh, oh, you should, these, these things are going to be questioned and... and no, you don't. Is you this don't. the Department of Arguments? <laughs> <laughs> I came here for an argument. No, you didn't. <laughs> Are you yeah. denying climate change? No, I'm not. Oh, yeah. hang on. Yes. I don't know anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you what, it's, um, it's changing all right. You notice it too. <laughs> uh, we began our show with a little ident from Cindy Lauper. Mm -hmm. And wasn't that a little smart one when she suddenly realised... Where that, she was. Yeah, where she was. She was at Joy and we're the first... It, gay and lesbian radio station. Wow. Power to you guys, she said. Mm -hmm. uh, here it is again, but then she'll sing to us. 
and the song that she actually did for one of the Pride events. She Gordon. wrote she wrote it actually for Pride event, for the gay community, and they use it in the Pride events over in um, the Northern Hemisphere when she first wrote it and first sang it. Yeah, True Colours. You're in joy with Gordon, Phil, and Chris. Been there, done that. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper, and on Aust- oh wow, on Australia's first gay and lesbian radio station, Joy. Hey, power to you guys.
joy to the world this Radiothon and help keep our LGBTI voice out, loud and proud on air and online. Visit joy.org.au or call 1300-JOY-949. Joy, 25 years proud. You're with Chris, Gordon and Phil. Been there, done that. Joy, 94.9. Thanks for being with us. I'd like to say hello to Billy, oh, right. who uh, sent us a message last, uh, or about 10 days ago, but we weren't able to uh, acknowledge Billy's comments on last week's show because it was the interview with John Oliver. However, thank you very much. Philip, how would people like to send their messages to us? They've got to use their computerizers. Send us an email at beanthere at joy.org.au. All right. And we really like getting emails. One of the things that happens in space, of course, is that there's no seasons. Well, we don't know that, do we? Because we've not been to any of these other um, planets or well, anything, have we, really? Planets well, would have seasons, but space doesn't. Oh, yeah, because that's only space. Well, it's actually made up of dark matter. Right. But we don't know what that is. Oh. <laughs> we just know there's got to be something that's keeping us well, apart. I, but there's somebody yeah. farted on Mars because they just found methane gas. Oh. oh, that's those damn cows again. Yeah, it's the cows. <laughs> and the methane gas from cows actually doesn't come from their bum. No, it comes, it comes from their belching. Yeah, their they're burping. Two people boys sitting on a coy, piping and chiping. <laughs> <laughs> so true, so true. And Australia's trying to get back into the space race. Well, I think we've missed the race. I think we just want to get back into something to do with space. I we think. want the cash. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I don't know how realistic it is because space is becoming increasingly privatised. Well, it is a bit, isn't it? When well, we've got, got SpaceX and yeah, all yeah. the other ones, who, or Virgin Galactic. Yes, yours. and Mr Musk. That's SpaceX. That's SpaceX, yes. Yes, who yeah. sent his um, Tesla car Flying to Mars and it got stuck and now it's just space junk hovering around the planet. <laughs> is it actually hovering around our planet? It, it's orbiting. It, it's... Literally space junk. Oh, it didn't get oh. it didn't get thrown it further out. Didn't get into orbit, <laughs> or didn't get out of orbit. Oh right. Oh, right. what a shame! How embarrassment. Well, Australia once before had rockets going into space from its space stations. That was in Warmera. That's right. It was a question on a quiz program I heard, and they were saying who was the second country in the world to send rockets into space. And I was sitting, in, sitting there watching. I said, it was Australia, you idiot, from Woomera in 1960-something, oh, rather. And we were, country. it was the answer. Australia were the second country in the world to send something it out into space. Depends what sort of rockets you're talking, because I'm pretty sure the and Chinese were first. Yeah, and also... <laughs> oh, you got, with space. fireworks. They had fireworks, yeah. <laughs> and you've also got to define what is space, at any rate. Well, this is described as a space... Um, no, 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 no. Your atmosphere on Earth... Thins out, and there is an actual point uh, between that and the yeah. emptiness of space, where uh, the atmosphere doesn't permeate mm. any yeah, further. But the, and if you remember the movie The Right Stuff, the first man into space was actually an American test pilot. They were trying to break break, break the, the sound barrier, barrier, and he got up to such an altitude he actually saw a black sky and the curvature of the Earth. Wow. Then passed out. <laughs> oh, yeah. He came back yeah. in a hell of a hurry. Well, he came back in a hurry, but he actually regained consciousness and landed, which yeah, is yeah. the best way to do it. Mm. Exactly. And I think that's what Mr. Virgin is talking about as well, is he's giving people the space experience of weightlessness and seeing the curvature of the Earth. Yes, and looking at what he's actually offering, 
It's a really, really, really expensive, very, very short ride. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you're not there. You're not there for very long, are you? No, but but, the, um, but is this is this all to do with what will be space travel, where we will go from Australia to England in say a, a couple of hours or whatever? Well, I think there's far more things that are unknown. It is the new frontier. Mm. So there are ex- millions of little pieces of the knowledge platform or the knowledge uh, quilt that are yet to be discovered or explored and yeah we we can find out things about space but it all contribute to the total knowledge we're we're not going to try and beat the americans or the russians or the chinese well that's right i think what we're going to do is offer the services at a cost and have some facilities that some of these private companies can use yeah we're just trying to get in on the gang yeah well we're we're pretty specialist in some of our medical activities and things like that Mm. however we might as well get in be the swiss or the swedes and just grab a little part and that will be our segment of the cake i heard in the news that victoria were were aiming to be one of the bidders for the for the site to to yeah. put the space We've already uh, got connections with aerospace companies at the moment mm. and airline companies as well. So we, we know some of that hardware technology. And I think the brain power coming out of our universities is what our politicians are hoping will sustain our industry here in Victoria. Mm. Anyhow, it's, it's an interesting prospect. Uh, I, I doubt that I will live to see it happen. Well, let's <laughs> see if anything happens. Mm. Well... There was a couple of events that occurred in last century. I've got to remember that that was 19 years ago. Oh, I remember century. it well. <laughs> yes. And on the 16th of June in 1963, the Soviets launched the first woman into space. But would you believe that it took another 20 years and two days for the US to launch its first woman into space? Okay. They were both launching people into space, but there was that difference of women had not been entered into uh, the concept of being space people for the Americans. Mm. And they had to to train and uh, educate their women space cadets uh, right from scratch, whereas the the Ruskies had a fast track or they they were sacrificing their women a lot earlier in the process. I, I think that, that that last statement you made was the correct one about sacrificing uh, because they didn't care if they didn't come back, I think. Uh, they wanted them to come back, but if it happened, uh, they didn't. I don't think it was that they were worried so much. Yeah, it's different approach to the unknown. That's right. The Americans figured if we take our strongest, smartest and train them to infinity and yeah. beyond then they'll cope with whatever they're hit by. Uh, yeah. And the Russians are saying, look, we've got billions of people. We <laughs> just send them we'll just up. send them up. The Russian lady was Lieutenant Valentina Tereshkova, Tereshkova, and the American lady was called Sally Ride. Well, she did a very good job riding in the rocket. Well, she wasn't piloting. She wasn't she piloting. She just went for the just, ride. She just went for the ride, yes. Wasn't the, what's the song with Ride, Sally Ride? Mustang Sally. Oh, One yeah. of the lines is Ride, Sally Ride. I wonder where she got her name from. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, and there's also one woman that's already been in space, so from fairly early days. Philip, you're telling her. Oh, Miss Piggy. Oh, that's right. Oh, <laughs> they had pigs in space. Pigs in space, yes, <laughs> which right. was way more entertaining than the actual space race, as it turns out. <laughs> 
Now, Philip, you've also got to tell me, please, about these late afternoon or early evening shows on commercial TV where there are panels of judges and there's lots of little people who are being judged by these judges. You mean like The Voice? Is, if that's what it is, please Well, that's, that's, please that's, that's prime time. Is it? And it's a singing competition. And? And we have all these famous people from overseas come and judge our contestants. And one of them in particular might be a person with a big hat? Our boy George. Now, is he a boy? He's a boy. He, he used to be. He, he is boy George. Mm. <laughs> He's George O'Dowd. But he was born in 1961. He's a puppy. On the 14th of June. He's younger than me. He's celebrating his birthday with Donald Trump. Donald Trump has a birthday on the 14th of June as well. Wouldn't you see if you could get the birth certificate changed? (laughs) Or maybe not use the word celebrate. (laughs) Commiserating. (laughs) Oh, golly gosh. So so, uh, uh, George O'Dowd, better known as Boy George, George. is on The Voice. And he loves to have the last word. And, And what is his role? He's a mentor. They're not actually judges. They, the voice oh, is they, an they interesting criticize. competition. Well, no, they. The series starts off with what they call blind auditions, yeah. where the the judges or mentors chairs are turned towards the audience, not the stage, and they have to determine if they want to if they want to see the person. They hit a button and their chair turns around, mm-hmm. and they have the opportunity to bid for that person to join their team. So that takes up three or four weeks. Then those people head off with their mentors and they, they like George would say, well, we're going to sing like this or, you know, mm. your strengths are such and such and they mentor them and coach them. Then they compete with each other. Yes. And it all comes to an end this coming weekend in what they call a grand finale. Is there much talent in it? Oh, the singers are top notch. Mm. And the mentors, I mean, we've got Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child. Yeah. Got Delta Goodrum, mm-hmm. our princess, mm-hmm. and Joe Jonas from DNCE X Jonas Brothers, who's had a bit of input from his young brother Nick. Is there only three three judges then? Four judges. Four judges. So we got George, Kelly, oh, Delta, yeah, and Joe. All yeah. oh, right. And we're down to I think four contestants next week. One of which is named Shelton, and he's a little gay boy. Wow. Oh, well, well, and his dad is fully supportive. He's actually done some of the artwork for his performances, like oh, stage terrific. decorations. We shall yeah. be barracking for Shelton then. Boy George started his career in public life as a singer too. An androgynous singer. Why? Which he, um, I'm not too sure if he wanted to push people's buttons. In interviews I've heard, he's, he's sort of indicated that he didn't know how gay he was or how gay he wanted to be seen. So it's like he turned the notch to 11 yeah. <laughs> and dressed like he did in the 80s. But it worked for him. It's, he's got a very nice voice mm. and they had some pretty good tunes. Yeah, yeah. And one of them is Karma Chameleon.
Australia's only LGBTI radio station. Joy. Where were you 25 years ago? Where are you today? Joy is celebrating 25 years and we've been there with you every step of the way. Become a member today. Visit joy.org.au or call 1300-JOY-949. Joy, 25 years proud. You're with Phil, Chris and Gordon. Been there, done that on Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us. We love our animiles, our exclusive sort of animiles here in Australia. We've got on our national coat of arms the kangarooster and we've got the emu. And we don't have the koala there or the platypus. And we don't have the Tassie Devil. And there's a lot of animals that are exclusive to Australia that uh, we don't honour particularly nicely or and, well and or a, at all. And a lot of them have disappeared. Yeah, A hell of a lot of our fauna has disappeared. Now, in the West, you, there was a little example of a creature that lived on an island, Rotnest. But oh. it was really Ratnest Island, wasn't it? Well, they, the Dutch thought they were large rats. That's why they call it Rotnest. And what are these creatures? Little anyway? wallabies. They're wobblies, aren't little they? Little wallabies, yes. Yeah. Little uh, tiny wallabies. They've been there. They might well, well, when you say little tiny, chook size? Oh, bit, bit, cat size? They're a bit, 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 about the size of a cat, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and they um, they were everywhere over there. And they, they, when the Dutch uh, first saw them, they just thought it was full of rats, so they didn't land. That's why it's called rock nest, which is rats. Rot, rot is rat in um, Dutch language. Part of my early animal education was on the TV mm-hmm. and Sylvester the cat ordered this mouse from Australia mm-hmm. and it came in this great big crate <laughs> and out came a kangaroo <laughs> and it tormented him for the rest of his life. Suffering succotash. That's right. Yeah, yeah suffering succotash. Yeah, but, um, yeah, but the, the, they're, they're, they're trying to save them over there because apparently the people don't want them over there because they it's interfering with the tourists. Oh, oh really? Yeah, oh. yeah, you know, the usual rubbish. Well, we, we exported our possums to New Zealand and they're forever thanking us not. Yeah. but they, they send us gladioli? Yeah. Hello, possum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... But the RSPCA was an organisation that was created in the UK... In 1824, actually. On the June the 16th, yes, really? Yes, and, and what is the RSPCA? It was Royal the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Exactamondo. That's exactly right, And yeah. they have it in America without the R. That's right, the, just the SPCA over yes. there, yeah. But it, now, the Act was originally proclaimed in UK or in Britain because there'd been cruelty to farm animals, particularly cattle, and I would also think of donkeys who were used in the coal mines to haul the the wagons of yeah. coal. After the little children used to fill them up, up the tank yeah. things, they used to have the donkeys to pull the, the um, yeah. trails out. Yeah. Did the fox have anything to say about the royals shooting at them? Probably not. <laughs> I think that's very unfair to yeah. protect everybody except the poor little guy you want to shoot. Uh, yes, or whack with a stick if you were in Springfield and it was whacking Whacking day. Season. Whacking day, yeah. Uh, nature itself has creatures in balance or degree of balance and the greedy ones will capture and eat or dominate the less well, fortunate ones. And then there's us. 
then there's us and we... And we think we're superior to all of them. Yes. Mm, yes, well, it doesn't usually say like that, really, because the animal animal population will be probably here long after we've gone. Lots of them will. Yeah. Like ants, for instance. They, they, oh, the and ant- the cockroaches. Yeah, and cockroaches. They reckon you could drop off an atom bomb and the cockroaches would survive. The, the two things that will survive are cockroaches and Wonder Bread. <laughs> there is so much preservative in that stuff. <laughs> and it'll still be soft. Yeah, but, oh, the, but, yeah. but we, of course, we um, took the lead from the English as well and, caused, and had the RSPCA founded in Australia, but I'm not sure when that was. It was a lot later than that, actually. Oh, it would have been, it yeah. Would, yeah, it would have yeah. been a lot later than that. But uh, And now the RSPCA do so much good work. Um, at the moment, they're trying to stop the live sheep trade going to... Um, Middle East. The, the Middle East. Uh, they, they, but they also do some other great work. And I was watching a show on television where they had trained some uh, Labradors who are, have a great work ethic. They chose Labrador because of their work ethic. Oh, and, and they are—they come all the way from Labrador. Labrador yeah, <laughs> but they—but they—they train them with. You with mean this, woofers? Yeah, with the, with a sense of smell to track endangered species that they're looking for. Oh, right, and, it, it, and these are of frogs, I the, understand. Well, the frogs were the, one of the things that they, they got them to track, which was a, an endangered species. There's only about 1,900 of them left in the whole of Australia or something, right? Whoa. And there are not very many of them, but these dogs could sniff them out and they were able to get them, and they're now bringing them to a breeding um, laboratory ah, yeah. to, to breed them more like they did with the yellow and black ones. I can't remember what their names were, but, ah. they, but they really bred them so that, and they've released them into the wild. But the thing that, that, that the, uh, what they don't want is these brumbies running around the countryside because it mucks up the whole ecosystem, ecosystem. and trampling the earth and, and the streams. Yeah, and Victoria want to get rid of them, but New South Wales say, no, they're a heritage factor. When well, was a horse ever a heritage in the Now, let's have an open forest. season well, up on the border between us and well, this New is South Wales. The horses won't know where they are, will they? Well, they won't, but if they cross over, kapow. Let them go, um, yeah. Right between the eyes. Pony walked into a bar, mm-hmm. ordered a drink. He says, why do you need a drink? He says, because I'm a little horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but, oh, the, but, these, you, <laughs> but these dogs are now being trained for other things as well. They, 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 because every animal leaves a smell of some sort. Mm. And they've, they've been able to get the smells off these animals and they teach it to the, uh, the dogs. Mm. I must have a wonder dog. Why? Because he can make some wonderful smells. <laughs> you don't have to go hunting for him. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Now, the poor old Tassie devil, though, he's been suffering very badly with this uh, cancer. cancer. Mm. Face, face Facial cancer, yeah. yeah. I, can't look at, I can't look at the screen if they put any of those poor little animals with that dreadful, awful thing on their faces. I just can't look. Just... I've cuddled a Tasmanian devil of the, the little furry... Four-legged animile oh, variety. Right, yeah. Did it take to that kindly, or did it fight you? No, no, no. no. It was partly domesticated. This was in a, a special enclosure oh, right. where, for tourists, we could pick them up like it was a, mm. a koala bear. Oh, God, they're not, not bears. They're not bears. No. Koalas, uh, but I think if they get cross and cranky, or if they're fighting or protecting mm. the meat that they've found, or if they're in a Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah. They run around in circles and go crazy. <laughs> That's I right. don't know where they got that from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Misinformation again. I don't think Tassie Devils will ever become household pets. No, no. Well, but that's they, not but their they, purpose. But they really have to save them from that um, dreadful cancer. And they have found it. They've found something actually in Tasmania in another area yeah. where the um, 
the genetics are the quite genetics are different, different, and they and they and they trying to backbreed. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But they've also isolated a lot on the mainland so that they won't get it. Mm, mm. Oh, good. We've yeah. got a lot over but here. Our native animals are not all friendly. I was in Sydney for work many years ago, and we went to Taronga Zoo mm-hmm. into the office to do some publicity photos for some software that had the name Wombat. Oh, right. So it was an acronym. They got Sherman, the the, the office wombat. <laughs> He's part <laughs> domesticated, and he has the run of the office. He just walks around. Oh, yeah. I was standing there quite innocently with my steel-tipped boots on, and I could feel this pressure. And I looked down, and here's this wombat chewing on my shoe. And I could feel it through the steel tip. Well, it was yeah. leather. He probably went, uh, yeah, which came from he probably an animal. thought, oh, I know that animal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Actually, yeah. they were kangaroo. Oh, Those right. <laughs> kangaroo leather. Well, see, we eat kangaroos. We don't really respect our emblem much, do we? No. no. And you we know, eat it and wear it. And you know why they're on the on the uh, coat of arms, don't you? Um, something to do with their ability to go backwards. They can't go backwards. There you go. Kangaroos and emus cannot go backwards. They have to go forwards. And the current coat of arms on Parliament House is incorrect. Yes. The wrong side they're on. No. On. No. Because... They, the animals, are both supposed to be supporting the, the cra- shield. The shield, yeah. And they are separated by quite some distance. Oh, that's right, and yes. They're uh, not holding the shield at all. No. You know who discovered that? Who? Skippy. Oh, did he? He said, <laughs> not right. <laughs> What's up, Doc? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're with... Gordon, Phil and Chris, we're having fun. Hope you are enjoying our little bit of scatology. Is that right? I don't think we need that word. Oh, it's a... That, oh, the, the, <laughs> You're thinking that, in terms of jazz. That might, have thought, been, that might have been from the office wombat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's an icon from days gone by. And we're going to be honouring her... Why can't I? 
little bluebirds fly beyond the rainbow. Why, oh, why can't I? Bring joy to the world this Radiothon and help keep our LGBTI voice out loud and proud on air and online visit joy.org.au or call 1300 joy 949 joy 25 years proud you're with gordon phil and chris been there done that joy 94.9 now we listen to judy garland singing somewhere over the rainbow from the film the wizard of oz a film that Freaked me out when I first saw it. Started in black and white, went it, into colour, came well, back in black and white. Yes. No, it was it was the tornado that got me. Oh right, right. It was an interesting story, but I don't know whether it was a, a good storyline for kids. Yeah, it was a bit a bit um, scary, I suppose, for yeah. little ones. You know, I think if uh, if you reached a certain age where you could believe in sort of fairy tales and all that sort of thing, well, it, it would have been the good. Classic. Fairy tale, though, was it? Oh well, yeah, we had the the it line. Was fantasy. The, yeah, we had the line and the Tin Man and those sort of things, you know. But was it a Disney film? No, it was a predated Disney. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it it wasn't Metro Gold or Mayor. It was one of the others. It was anyway. Yeah. I wonder what they were on. I was just going to say, did it predate drugs? <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, it was wonderful. And Munchkins. I mean, it was in lots of ways a politically incorrect. Uh, things like that, and wasn't that sad to see that the the last remaining Munchkin passed uh, away in the last few weeks? Mm, mm. So uh, incredible! He was the lollipop man, I think. Oh right, yeah. I don't know how Judy Garland came to be such an icon in our community because of that. It, we, well, we have this thing, this things, a friend of Dorothy, yeah, which and is that's, that's the going to back to Judy's. But character. Dorothy was accepting of all comers. Did you notice? That? Oh, is that what it How was? How different the lion was to the Tin Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she didn't have a problem with any of them. She just accepted everybody and the Munchkins yeah. and everybody else. So yeah. who yeah. they were. And even the uh, even the wicked witch of the West, I suppose that's possibly yeah. where it comes but in the acceptance of it. It was all. also the concept that somewhere there is a better world than the one you're in at the moment mm. or a more comfortable situation. And that's over the rainbow. But and what of the story of the wizard himself, who was a bit of a fake? Yes, that's right. He was just a voice at the background, wasn't he? So what are they trying to tell us? <laughs> they were pre-telling us about Trump. Oh, oh one man pulling all the levers. Oh, my God. But a young <laughs> Herbert Adams watched it and he thought, I'm going to make pies because somewhere over the rainbow weigh a pie. And oh, just to make the, sure they had enough meat in well, it. You have to make them all the same. Mm, mm. Judy was the child of a stage family. Mm-hmm. The Gums. The Gums, yes. And uh, she liked to say that uh, she was born in a trunk backstage. Mm. Um, her parents, Frank and Ethel Gum, were vaudeville players. And uh, at 30 months old, what's that? That's year and a half. Two and two bit, two, two, two and a bit, bit years. years. Two, two and a half she years. went on stage mm. to sing Jingle Bells as as part of a Christmas program, and the story goes, had to be forcibly removed by her father after repeating her song seven times. <laughs> a little girl with a big voice, 
But at, uh, when she was 11, they reckoned that uh, she sang like a woman three times her age with a broken heart. Oh. And I think the pathos of Judy's songs came through and she died at 47 after having a, a pretty rough life at the hands of Hollywood. Well, yeah, uppers and downers every day and all the rest of it while she was working, you know, so it must have ruined her health. And certainly in some ways she wasn't an icon, but she was a, path- a person with pathos. And I think that's the thing that comes through. And it was, of course, Judy who died that started the um, Stonewall riots. When she died, the Stonewall riots followed, and that's the start of the uh, uh, what's the name of the gay community. Thank you for that connection. Mm, yeah. that's, that's what they, that, they always said that it was the death of Judy Garland that caused the Stonewall riots. And when they when they had the funeral in America, the whole place was just full of gay people paying their respects to the woman. Yeah. One reason that we're mentioning Judy Garland is because uh, she had a birthday on the 10th of June, 1922. She was born and she died on the 26th of June, 1969. So 47 years, Hmm. not a particularly long life and pretty tough. But it was a sad, sad, very sad life she had, of course, with uppers and downers and alcohol. I saw her here at the um, Festival Hall when she was at Festival Hall, one of the poor people that paid their money and didn't see much except a very, very inebriated lady tiptoeing out onto stage and she sang about three bars of Over the Rainbow so we didn't get our money back. No. Well, that is an interesting thing that in concerts, in all the concerts she's ever done, she only sang Over the Rainbow three times. Mm, mm, mm. It's it's the post situation yeah. that's actually given Judy this uh, mm. posthumous mm. celebration. Mm. Yeah. And to even now when you listen to her voice it's a it's a, it's got it has that quality in it that has the pathos in her voice the way she sings. She's a, like a hard done by lady and I and think she was. But yeah. Pathos sounds like the name of a Greek credit card. Or I'll use my pathos. <laughs> it could be one of the three musketeers, Porthos and Aramis. Huey, Huey, Huey and Louie Something like that (laughs) You're listening to Been There Done That on Joy 94.9 We'd like to also note at this time The passing in 1992 of Peter Allen He was born on the 18th of June in 1992 An Australian singer and showman Also married to Judy Garland's daughter Yes, now wasn't that a marriage of convenience, oh, I yes. think? Yes, yes. Well, he was the only one who remembered it was Liza with a Z. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so he got the job. We don't hear much of him these days, of course, because he's gone and his reputation is revived periodically and we have the replica Peter Allen in Todd McKenney. And I can tell you right now that the production company's next show is The Boy From Oz. Wow. And that'll be at the uh, State Theatre in August, I think it is. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. The Boy from Oz. And there was a wonderful miniseries on TV on Peter Allen's life, which was very, very well done. And um, when I was at the Palais, we had him there for, I think, 10 nights, and he was not very well, but boy, did he perform. Did he shake his maracas? He shook everything. (laughs) (laughs) He he was just a wonderful, wonderful entertainer. Well, Mm. on that maracary note... Exactly. Exactly. We'll we'll say cheery bye and catch up with you next Next week. Next week, with more of this nonsense and carry on. We're going to Rio.
We're going to Rio, are we? We certainly are going to go oh, to Rio. Okay. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Samba and la bamba. Now I'm not the kind of person with a passionate persuasion for dancing or romancing. But I give in to the rhythm and my feet follow the beating of my heart. Whoa, when my baby, when my baby smiles at me, I go to Rio de Janeiro. I'm a salsa fellow. When my baby smiles at me, the sun will light up my life, and I am free at last. What a blast! Allies of Joy. Did you know you make up half of Joy's listening audience? The LGBTI community love you for blasting us loud and proud, and we thank you for supporting us. Donate or become a member of Joy today. Visit joy.org.au. Joy, 25 years proud. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.